Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah, a guide through trauma, personal healing, growth, and discovery leading to the ultimate life of joy, mental wellness, and less fear. As a single mother, certified coach in transitional change and adventure, I will share my personal traumas and help you with steps to be free of whatever internal or external chains are keeping you from enjoying this life. My guests and I go beyond the typical conversation as they share their inspirational journeys. And every other week, I bring you my solo episodes where I highlight issues or ahas that I know you are going through too. From relationships, aspirations that have seemed impossible, motherhood, friendships, work, transitions, inertia, depression, my wish is this forum can help you through all of this and more. My mission is to create a supportive community and connection that empowers each one of you to love yourself and believe your right to live boldly. All right, here we go. Vasavi is on the pod, which I'm excited about. You were brought to me from, well, so, this is what happens. You just asked me, you're like, how did you, how did you, how did this happen? People literally message me and they say, hey, you need to know this person. And so I check out people and I'm like, yes, I need to know this person. So I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to be here with you, Sarah. It's going to be a great conversation, a great jam session about everything from, so everybody grab your journals from Living Boldly. We're going to dive into if this is, cool with you. We talked about this, um, bipolar disorder. Yep. You talk openly about this on your website and different places where I've, you know, researched you. I have, I have scoped you out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes. Uh, and then all things like who we are on, like the different multifaceted people that we are. So tell us a little bit about you though. That's where let's start there. So I love this question because I've, I have recently just allowed myself to go rogue when I answer this question. (laughs) I'm not just one thing. Like I used to say, I'm a licensed therapist and a coach and I've been doing that for 13 years. And, you know, that's great and all. And I love that part of myself, but I'm an actor. I'm a voiceover artist. um, I'm a speaker. I'm the author of Say It Out Loud. I'm also a wedding officiant. Um, yeah, I, I, I am a licensed therapist. I'm a coach. I, I, you know, I, I go on people's podcasts. I, you know, I have a group program called say it out loud and bold voice. So I do lots of different things. I mean, and, and what I want to say is like who I am is very much reflected by what I do. Um, and what I do is very much reflected by who I am. It's, it, they, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, you know? So it's like, for me, it's, you know, I'm a wedding officiant because I'm a hopeful romantic. Mm. I'm an actor and voiceover artist because I'm a child at heart. Always. I'm very childlike and I love to play. I love to play. I love to play dress up. I love to imagine. I love to dream. So that's why I do acting and voiceover work. I love to bring words to life. You know, um, I'm an author. I love to put my words down on my thoughts down on paper and, and, and be useful to people. So I wrote a book. I, I signed a, I have a publishing deal with new world library I do lots of different things and they all represent these different parts of me. You know, I have a playful part of me. I have a very loving, soft part of me. I have a bold, brave, loud part of me. I'm quite quirky. 
Um, and I, I allow myself to be quirky when I do my voiceover work and my acting. And so I just, I have a lot of fun with what I do. And that really just sums up who I am as a person. Okay. So I feel like I'm like talking, like I'm listening to me. <laughs> like super cool because I think that when I finally in my own life to embrace the fact that I'm not in a box and I can't be put into a box that when I finally was like, yes, you are a creative human being and therefore you need to embrace all those creative parts of you. When I finally got to that place, I was like, freedom, like freedom of expression, yeah. freedom of me. Was there a part in your life when you finally, or where you were like, okay, I'm going to jump off and accept the fact that I'm not a person to be placed into a box. I've always felt that way, always. But it, it I've always thought that but it didn't show up in my expression. Yeah. Like when, when I would, with other people, I would try to conform and make it really clear for people what I do. Even though in my mind, I'm like, I'm a total cluster. Like I, I do so many different things. But when, when I'm asked that question, what do you do? I immediately feel like defensive and feel like, oh my God, oh my God, heart palpitations. How do I tell them that I do all of these things without sounding crazy? That's always been my biggest fear is that I'm going to sound crazy because I do all these things. And on top of that, I'm very open about the fact that I have bipolar disorders So people are really going to think I'm batshit crazy, you know? So for me, it's always been very scary, like to express it, but I've always known it that I am all these parts. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I totally get what you're saying. I can't lie to myself. Lying to myself is something that, you know, I did maybe in my twenties, early thirties but it's not really something that I do anymore as I've entered into my forties. I just cannot lie to myself about shit anymore. I just can't lie to myself about how I feel about certain things and things that inspire me and spark me. Like I no longer downplay stuff like that. Like if something inspires me, I go after it. Yeah. I don't tell myself, Oh, you're just being lofty in your thinking boss. Like I used to say stuff like that to myself. I don't talk like that to myself anymore. I would say that it was a gradual progression of acceptance. It did not just happen overnight. It was a, it's a moment to moment choice. And then one day you wake up and then you just don't care anymore. I I don't have a specific day though, but it's just been a slow unraveling. Yeah. So, well, I just turned 50 in August wow. and so my forties were exploration and creativity and like throwing shit out the door and just saying, this is who I am. Um, I will say though, that when I turned 50, that was when that's been a, a huge launch for me. That's yeah. been like a, now I really don't care. Now I yeah. really like, like, now I really don't care. Like you don't like me. So be it. Other people do. And you're creating space for more people that will. So thanks for closing that door. Um, yeah. so tell let's talk about bipolar disorder. Please let's dive into it. Like, tell us, give it all to us, give it, give, give, teach, teach us, like literally be the teacher for us right now, because I think that this is something that there, well, I know that there are so many people that maybe don't understand it. Um, give it to us though, from you. So my experience of having bipolar disorder, can I curse on this podcast? I think I already did. Yes. No, of course you can. Yes. My experience of bipolar disorder goes from either I'm a fucking genius to I'm a fucking piece of shit. That's that mm -hmm. that's in any given moment that's going into extremes. The bipolarity, it's two extremes. I either feel like I'm on top of the world, I'm a genius, I am brilliant, I can do anything, or I'm just a complete waste of life and is better off dead. That's in a low low. 
that's at the at my lowest. At my highest, I think I'm absolutely amazing and I'm a genius and I'm untouchable. Neither is healthy, right? Because they're two very polar opposites. They're two they're they're two extremes in, in polarity if you think about it. And I get it. Polarity is good in dating, you know, if you're dating a if you're a very feminine woman and you're dating a very masculine man, that can be really good for certain situations in that area of your life, dating. But when it comes to your brain chemistry, it's it's kind of it can be tricky. Um, it's my brain is wired. I, I can't explain it because I don't think many people have asked me, but I've made sense, I think, out of it that my brain is just wired very differently. It's just I, I don't just feel happy. I feel elated. I don't just feel really sad. I feel utter devastation. But all of that has been balanced out because I'm on medication. I've been on medication on and off for 21 years. Um, and I decided to go back on, I was off for about, I was off of medication for four years, these past four years. I got back on medication April 1st of 2023 because my unmanaged and untreated bipolar disorder had me picking fights with my sister, who's actually coming tonight to come see me. My sister is visiting me, my older sister. You know, uh, just picking fights with my mom and just my my brain, the, the bipolar part of my brain that just is very much on hyper alert and vigilant with the help of therapy and medication and going to yoga and keeping of getting eight to nine solid hours of sleep. I wake up at 5 a.m. I go to bed by 839. I have to do a lot of things to keep myself balanced. Um, I once read this book called The Tao of Bipolar Disorder, and it said that all that bipolar disorder is just um, a, like duality within oneself. And the cure, quote unquote, cure for bipolar disorder is to find oneness within oneself. So, you know, pretty much my whole life, I've had to battle my mind. And most recently, when I decided to get back on medication April 1st, I will never forget what my psychiatrist said. She said to me, you don't have to battle so hard anymore. There's nothing wrong with being on medication. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong if it's going to help you. And I chose to get back on medication because every other week I was having a manic episode, which in my um, life, how that manifests is just like screaming, arguing, taking everything out of proportion, thinking the absolute worst of people, being in complete fear. And it's always with the people closest to you. My friends would never say, oh, my God, Voss is like this or Voss is my clients would never say that it's, it's with the people closest to you. You know, right. it's the people where, where the trauma all began. Um, and I just, I was sick and tired of feeling so tired all the time. It's exhausting. So I decided to get back on medication and it feel it's the best decision I ever made. It's like a warm blanket for my inner child. Ooh. That's how I look at taking medication. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, I love that. I love that. Did you, did you, when did you start to believe, or when did you start to know or realize that you were battling this, that you had this I was diagnosed when I was 19. So I was in college at the time and I was just, my behavior was every single symptom of bipolar disorder, both mania and depression. So hypersexuality, excessive spending, really fast speech, um, sleepless nights, substance abuse, alcohol abuse. Um, like I said, I think I said hypersexuality, promiscuity, and then on the depressive side, like no motivation, really no appetite. So, you know, I, I just, I went away to college without any life skills, it feels like. You know, I was really sheltered growing up. I was still a brown sheep in my family growing up, and I was very rebellious in my family growing up. 
Um, but when I went away to college, that's a whole new level of freedom. I went, you know, I mean, I wasn't just like down the street from my house. I went away to Boston University. My family's from New York. That's a good five, six hours away from where I lived. And it was the first time I had experienced freedom, true freedom in my life. But I didn't know how to deal with it. My 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 18 year old brain, 17, 18 year old brain did not know how to handle all that. So it took about sophomore year of college is when I was diagnosed. Wow. Because you could no longer ignore the symptoms. Like I had a 1.3 GPA. Um, and, you know, and then I ended up graduating Columbia with a 4.0. So it's not, like, you know, clearly it shows my potential is 4.0, but I was only operating at a 1.3 GPA. Not that it's not about the GPA, right? It's about the person. Yeah. Right. Like I was just, all, I mean, clearly I have the potential, but when your mind is not right, you're not thriving with them. I wasn't thriving with the mind that I had, Oh, you know? Whoa. So that's, I wasn't thriving with the mind that I had. Did you go and seek help? Yeah. So I basically told my mother, well, my mother could tell that I wasn't doing so well. And she just calmly suggested, why don't you come back home? Ah. And I agreed. I first time I actually listened to my mother. So I came back home and we went to a psychiatrist and I was taking psychology. I was taking a psychology class at the time and I'd already self-diagnosed myself. But then, of course, we had to go to a real psychiatrist and we went to a psychiatrist and they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. So that was 21 years ago. And I've been in denial on and off for 21 years. Like, oh, I don't have. But the more I really understand myself and my mind, I can I can I can feel the chemical imbalance. It's just it's a, it's brain chemistry. You know, it's just everyone's brain chemistry is different. I love the fact that we are having this conversation because I was just having a conversation yesterday with somebody that I had met through LinkedIn and we were talking, we got onto the, onto our zoom call and she said, how are you doing? And I'm like, you know, I'm good, except that I'm going through menopause and oh my God, like these changes in me are killing me. Yeah. And I think make that, you feel crazy, right? You feel, you feel ah, well, yeah. seriously girl. And then I told her, I said, now I remember when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, like those years, right? Like where there were as women, as young girls back then, we were, I was going through so many changes in my body. And I remember thinking to myself, am I nuts? Like, am I actually going crazy? Like, I remember sitting in the bathroom, having these thoughts as I was going through my, you know, fluctuating hormone stages. Now I'm 50, Mm-hmm. going through all these changes again and having these hormone fluctuations going I'm like, like, am I like crazy? Like what's going on within our, within our body, right? Like, cause I think that we don't, these are the things that we don't talk enough about as women. We just don't have these conversations. No. And I really appreciate that you asked about the bipolar disorder because I'm not asked about it a lot, right? Like, cause people don't know what to ask. So I appreciate that we're having this conversation as well. Yeah, I think it's something that, well, and then on top of it, with my own brain chemistry too, having gone through trauma brain, which we don't talk enough about, yeah. I remember somebody saying to me, like, just quit using that as an excuse. And I'm like, dude, did you just say that to me? No, like, I just, I can't even. Hell? I can't even, yeah. like, no, don't say that to somebody because no. it's not okay. No. And, you know, having gone through complex PTSD and my brain chemistry had changed. And then now going through what I am with menopause, 
I have to sit there and say, okay, wait, my brain's also going through chemical changes as well, which, Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, Sarah, give yourself some grace and some, and some space to accept, right. And to honor that because it, it happens. Like we go through these, these shifts and these changes. That's why I share this stuff out loud, right? Because you may not have bipolar disorder, but you're, you know, you've experienced symptoms of menopause that feel very similar, by the way. And I think, I think all of us at the end of the day, just want to know that we're not crazy. Yes. Are you looking to bring a little more happiness into your life or want to learn how to step outside your comfort zone? Guess what? Our digital downloadable programs are only $39 just for a limited time. Go grab Unstuck and Free, How to Live Outside Your Comfort Zone, filmed in the mountains of Southern California, Mount Baldy to be exact, my favorite mountain, or go grab Seven Steps to Happiness. This is filmed on the High Sierra Loop in Yosemite National Park. Incredible, incredible visuals. These programs will take you to that next step and rise you into living your best life. Use the coupon code LIVEBOLDLY at checkout, L-I-V-E-B-O-L-D-L-Y. Go grab them, sarahsholtoncrans.com, underneath more and digital programs. So many people misconstrued. There is no freaking normal people. Like there's no normal, right? And so it's like, I just want to feel normal. Well, if we're all saying that, because we all are, like, I just want to feel normal, whatever normal is, Note that we just said whatever normal is, because I personally don't believe that there's like a normal, like there's a, there, whatever normal is. I feel like, okay, so here's how I feel about normal. I feel like there's a baseline. Like I have a baseline. Yeah. My baseline, like this is my languaging and how I say it. It's like when I'm like, when all is good, right? Like today has been an all is good day. Like mm-hmm. it's all good. Everything is like, it's a, it's a very chill day for me. That for me is my version of normal. Right? right. But like, I don't like saying the word normal because I'm anything, but like, I don't know what that even means. I, I, for me, I have a baseline. I have a, I have a status quo. Like, how do I know when I'm regulated? Mm. You know, how do I know when I'm feeling somewhat balanced? I'm definitely leaning more on the side of feeling mentally, emotionally balanced. Like, not much can throw me off these days. Right. When something happens, I can immediately, if, if I hiccup, not actually hiccup, but you know, but if I like freak out, I, I, my freak out and coming back to baseline, the, the space between the two has become very small. It's a lot easier for me to freak out and come right back to baseline rather. And, and my goal is like, we don't even need to freak out. We'll figure this out. You know what I mean? So I just have like a, just a no freak out rule. Yeah. And you have to understand context. I grew up in a house with my mother, even to this day, she freaks out about everything. Even to this day, I could tell her anything. And it's always the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is her mentality. And so that is how my brain was developed to always look at the worst case scenario. Hmm. So you're always living in trauma then. Yeah. You're always trying to escape trauma. There is no trauma and you're you're trying to escape it all the time. Right, right, right. When when you grow, I mean, I had a, I had a a very much of a fight or flight kind of mother. And I, and I, I, and I, now I, I feel so much tenderness for her because she just can't, she just can't help herself. Like I just see her and I'm like, she just can't help herself. You know, she just freaks out about everything. But when you're a little kid absorbing that, you then your brain then develops to always be on high alert. And that's no way to live. I hope people are really listening to this and understanding this. 
like yeah. really listening to this and 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 also applying it to how they were raised themselves and also yeah. how they are raising their own kids. I will say that I having gone through so much trauma at 17, I raised my kids based off of my own trauma as well. And I feel mm-hmm. really bad about that. And I've had to give myself a lot of grace and forgiveness for that because I didn't know any better. I mean, I was a young mom, right? And how I also was living was in fight or flight. Yeah. Not anymore, because then my life completely imploded at 40. And I learned that I got to, had to take care of my trauma, had to take care of myself and understand what I was doing. And so now it's taken me a lot. And I let's talk about that too. For me, it's taken a lot of looking at my own patterns and working through my own trauma to respond now and not react to what is happening around me. Yeah, it's and I, I, the lid. It's becoming second nature for me to be a person who responds and not reacts. It's becoming. I'm going to say becoming because I'm not going to say yes, I just don't freak out. No, like I it is such an intentional choice for me. When I am sitting there and I receive an email or I receive a text or I re- or I or I look at my bank balance and I'm like and instead of being like you know that frantic I'm like no it's all going to work out. God has our back. That's I literally have to say that to myself. God, God has my back. I'm all good. It's all going to work out. And that's what I tell myself now. I'm becoming that. It's becoming second nature for me. I love this terminology of the baseline. I love that. And yeah. I and I and I've used that in my own life as well and I encourage others to use that. Has that responding instead of reacting allowed that space to come together a little bit more then? Has it allowed totally. it to not Oh. I feel so it's funny because the space between me responding and reacting, it's like I, I respond way more than I react. And because that space has gotten less, the spaciousness within me has expanded. I don't want my life to be one where I'm just always trying to put out fires or feel like I always have a fire to put out. Mm. And I have to train my brain. There's not a fire to put out, Vasavi. You're safe. Yes. Yes. So that's you don't have, yeah. this is the, you're training your brain. This is a practice. Yeah. Well, it's also, I think in my own, when I went through so much trauma and forgetting stuff, oh my gosh, like I would forget everything. Like mm. I would, my kids would have to send me three text messages. Remember mom to do this. Remember mom to do this because that was a part of my trauma, like with what I lived through. Um, and I think that retraining our brain has been, has for me, retraining my brain has been one of the biggest things that I have the biggest lesson, right. That I have actually um, taken on the learning. Um, So talk to us a little bit about living boldly in that space. How has the boldness, like, how has this come from that? My practice is to be honest with myself, no matter what. And that begins behind closed doors. Okay. I'm able to live boldly out loud because I, and and in front of other, because I live boldly with myself when nobody's watching. So I live boldly, no matter who's watching, get what I'm saying. So it's not like a, Oh shoot. People are here. I got to live boldly or, Oh man, I don't, I mean, I'm so used to living boldly now, even with myself. I like surprise, you know, I surprise myself with my, with the things that I'm doing. I'm like, damn, look at you. What's the most bold thing that you've done recently? Recently. Okay. I was in a situationship with somebody for five years. I can't believe I just said that. Relationship. I love well, we were engaged 
And then we were no longer engaged. I, I've been married before. I got married in, when I was 28. Um, and I was, so I got engaged again to somebody. We were in a situation ship after we got, after we broke up. We, you know, usually if you have a broken engagement, you kind of part ways and move on with your lives. We did it. We were in a situation ship. And I just kind of ignored it and was like, whatever, I got other stuff going on in my life. I don't really need to address it. But, you know, you start to think about the fact that it'd be nice to like somebody again and have a crush. Mm, and, we were just and I'm like, and yeah. And I'm like, that ain't happening if I'm holding on to this person. There's no way I have space for a crush or for somebody to enter in my life if I'm still seeing this person and yep. in a situation ship. So I was in Mexico for a month, um, September to October. I have a condo there and I was spending time there by myself. And he messages me and he goes, let's go see this movie when you come back, blah, blah, blah. It was this movie that was coming out. And, or it was like an old movie he wanted to see. Anyway, I, I looked at that message and I said to myself, okay, I can either be excited and say, yes, let's go watch a movie when I get back. It'll be so much fun, which is what I would have probably done in the past. I said, or you can finally start to say the thing that you've been wanting to say, which is you want something that's real. You want something that's deep. Like, and so I, I messaged him back and I said, listen, movie sounds great. However, I want more than a movie. I want something deeper than just a movie. I want something that's real. This is a situation ship and I don't want to be in the situation ship anymore. And that was huge for me. And that was very boldly because I'll tell you this, I really don't have a problem or a challenge with being bold in my business or on these interviews. It's with men that I've always cowered down like a little puppy and just kind of, okay, you can just lead the way when these assholes don't even know where they're going. <laughs> so I'm in a situation ship for five years with an aimless idiot. What am I doing? So that was really bold for me. And I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you. And I swear I'm like sitting here looking in the mirror. <laughs> That's just hilarious. Yes. I did the same thing. And then I listened to one of Mel Robbins podcast episodes and uh, Mark Groves. And I was like, I love Mark. He's a friend I of love Mark. I love Mark. Okay. Yeah. We'll call Mark high. Like I freaking yeah. love Mark. And, and I was laughing my ass off, like as he's, you know, on this podcast and in his lives and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I swear he's just speaking to me right now. He's speaking to me right now. Like, what am I doing? You know? It's we because you're right. We just like follow along. And I'm like, but that's not me in any other area of my life. So why am I doing this here? Not anymore. I'm not. Not no anymore. More. Not no more. No more. So I felt the minute I sent it, I felt so liberated. And then I immediately fear set in and it was like, oh my God, what if he doesn't want to then be in this situation <laughs> anymore? <laughs> like, like I'm still holding on to this situation, Jim. And I was like, what are you saying? So like, I had to like slap myself out of that real quick, but um, it was good. He messaged me back like a week later and he was like, let's talk. And we talked on the phone and I said, I want an actual relationship. Like other than that, like, what are we doing? And so it's been, it's been great. Like since then, not with him, I'm not, I'm no longer in a situation ship. So it feels really good. I'm have, you, very have you blocked him? Have you like blocked all time? No, because it's like, it's, it's, uh, you know, when you just, 
I don't know, as a woman, it takes a long time for me to let go of someone. But once I let go, I let go. I'm like done. I'm I, maybe it's because I'm a Taurus, but I'm just like I'm good. Like for me, the 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 nail in the coffin for me was saying those words. Because if I don't say it, I haven't expressed it yet. I'm keeping it inside. I'm keeping my truth inside. Once I say something, I can't unsay it. I can't say, oh, I take that back. You know, so I chose the words that I spoke with them very carefully. No, I didn't feel the need to block him. Yeah. I don't feel the need. Yeah, I didn't need to do all that. Like, you, you know, yeah, it, I, I, I didn't need to. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel because he, he didn't do me wrong. It wasn't like right. he did. He, and the thing is. We just need, we just need space between us. Like, I can't, I can't be like watching movies with you. Like we're not doing that. I love the fact that you're sharing this because I share, I boldly share all my stuff too. I mean, you know, to an extent, um, but I yeah. think it's important because we, we go through this. I mean, you listen yeah. to the angry therapist, you listen to Vanessa, you li like all of these people that people do follow. It's important to also make sure that we're following the people that are also expressing and sharing what it is that they're going through because they're human too. And if we can go through it and make those bold moves and step up and make those text messages and do the things that we need to do, so can others. Yes, absolutely. That's why I share it. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell us about your book. My book, Say It Out Loud, is a book that'll transform the way you talk to yourself. Um, you don't need a journal. It's just using your voice at the end of each chapter to do to go through the verbal prompts. And I think it's an excellent instructional and, you know, part, I mean, you'll learn about me also and, and, and lives of my clients and I share, but it's really a step-by-step -step guide on how to talk to yourself. So when you're uh, saying how to talk to yourself, what are some of the steps that you, what are some of the things that are most important when we are talking to ourselves, having that relationship with self? You got to use what I call compassionate curiosity. It's a combination of both. You got to be compassionate like you would with somebody else or a little child or your own kid. Hopefully you're compassionate with your child. <laughs> Oh, and, and curiosity, like get curious about yourself like you would with a younger child, but be, just be curious about yourself and your creative process and how you think and how you be and how you do things. So compassionate curiosity is one. Gentle determination is, you know, when when we're dealing with the voice of resistance that stops us from going after our dreams, we don't have to give up. We just need to play with our voice and talk to ourselves in a way that's firm, in a way that's firm yet kind. So gentle determination is another. And also it's not crazy to talk to yourself and respond back. That's another thing. None of this stuff is going to work if you think it's weird, but I'm suggesting to my reader to not only ask themselves questions out loud, but also respond back because you have the answer. Yeah. You just need to prompt yourself. I don't think it's weird to talk to yourself out loud. I talk no. to myself a lot. Yeah. And that's why this book is like kind of disruptive because I'm, I'm, I'm essentially telling people to talk to themselves out loud. Which is amazing. And that's how you transform the way you talk to yourself. Because how can you look at the way you talk to yourself if you keep it all in your head? Everything sounds the same. Right. Pretty much sounds the same. Right. Everything is just like, boom, boom, boom. And if you have one voice that's louder than the other, it's hard to tap into other voices that you have. Did you always know you were going to write a book? Nope. What brought this up? It was the pandemic. And I found uh, my friend, Rochelle, has a, I, I came across a woman named, she's now my friend, Rochelle, who has a book proposal blueprint program, which was 13 weeks to write your book proposal. And it was the pandemic. I was newly single. And I said, let me dive my, let me dive into a creative project. So I wrote a book. I love it. I love it. What was the biggest process out of that that you learned? Like, what was the thing that you learned about yourself? That I have a very unique creative process. 
and that it works for me, period. And I got to find what works for me. And once I find what works for me, I'm good. Where do you see yourself going in the future? I honestly hate that question. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I'll tell you why. I'll, t- I'll tell you why I don't like that question. And I'm probably not going to answer it. I have worked very hard to develop my faith in God that everything is going to work out. And it's not that I don't have a vision and it's not that I don't have a plan, but every time I find myself getting stuck with that or like having to answer that question, I end up like focusing more on that. What I do know is that my, my future is very bright. It's, it's, it's definitely involves helping a lot of people. And I see myself being in a relationship, in a very securely attached relationship that's going to be very healthy for me. I see myself being in a relationship with someone who is going to not be jealous of me for one and not be intimidated of me and really just be like, oh my God, wowed by me and 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 absolutely love me for the shining star that I am. So I that's my vision for myself. I think it's always like when people ask me about my goals, I'm just like, can we talk about anything other than that? You know what I mean? You completely answered the question. So thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're I, I don't, I'm not a gold person either. I'm, I, yeah. when I think about my future, I think about how I feel in my future. That's, that's all that how matters. I body, my future has nothing to do with anything else. Like, cause when you, you feel good, you can do anything. Like my thing is like, yeah, I want to feel freaking like, I want to have vitality, vibrancy, sexiness, like all the things. Like I, I know how I want to feel. So that's the feeling that I just love to chase. You radiate so much energy. Like, which I love, <laughs> I, I love this. I love this. Thank if you. your future self was having a conversation with you today, that future self, let's say the future. So this is, this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to take this question. That person who has taken their last breath. Okay. If they, that person, that future version of you is having this conversation with you today, what would you be conversing about? thinking about this. This is an excellent question. It's making my brain not work right now. Hold on. It's a great question. I don't have an immediate answer, which All right, is a you good thing. The brain. Just drop, drop into the heart. Let's, let's bring from the heart space. To be honest, I don't know if we'd be conversing or we'd just be sitting in silence and just be happy and content with one another. But if we were to converse, I think it'd be a conversation where my future self said to me, I told you to trust me. It's all going to work out. Just trust me. I told you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this the opposite, the youngest version of you when you were born, having the conversation with you today. There's a reason. So, so is this what I would say to the younger born or what the younger born is saying to me? Doesn't matter. Um, I would want the younger child would say to me to guide her. If it's fun, I want to do it. That's mm. it. If it's fun, I want to do it. Yeah. The reason I wanted to do that is because we were earlier talking about all these different versions of us, right? Like all these different parts of us that we have and um, showing up as ourselves. And one of the things that I always talk about with my clients is having that younger version of yourself show up, right? And to be able to Mm -hmm. embrace that younger version of who you are, literally every part of you. And then also those future versions of us that we are stepping into, right? Like we don't know how long we're going to be stepping into those versions. It could be, I always say, I want to live to 108. I don't know. That's just my number. Um, But really also embodying every person, every version, every 
every part of who you are right now, as you are also stepping into those versions that you are becoming. And I, I also don't look at it like they're the goals or, or, or the numbers or the age or the, any of that stuff It's literally embodying how I want to feel and how Mm -hmm. I want to be in this world. And so I love having those conversations with our future selves. And then those younger versions of ourselves as well, because we learn a lot from that future person that we're going to be. And then the, the younger version of who we've been. That's right. So what else would you want our listeners to know about you, about their life, about the teachings that you've also had, the things that you've learned about your life? That when you prioritize your happiness, your creativity, and your fun, everyone around you benefits. Well, not everybody. There <laughs> might be people who don't like it, but it really does benefit. I mean, like, and, and it doesn't have to benefit everybody, but it, it is the, like, if you really want to use yourself in this lifetime and be used up, then there's no time, like, right now. You know, you got to give yourself a shot. That's what I always say. Give yourself a fighting fair chance to just figure it out, to go try something new, to invest in yourself, to read something, to go to that movie, to go take that trip like that. You can never go wrong when you invest in yourself and do it and do it for the right reasons. Don't just do shit because someone's telling you to do it, like invest in yourself because you actually want to. I want to share a really quick example. I signed a new client actually 10 minutes before I got on this podcast interview the day before we spoke and, you know, he just, he, he said, he goes, I really want to work with you. Do you mind if I just, you know, he said, I'm, I'm just kind of getting, I'm, I'm just having a um, second, second doubts. You know, I'm just starting to doubt myself. I go, listen, this is a big investment. Take, take 24 hours and get back to me. <laughs> That's what I said to him a full 24 hours. I go, if you need me via text, you can ask me any questions about the process or whatever. And I forgot to text him after 24 hours today. And he just messaged me and he goes, I'm ready to work with you. And that just proves it right there is that when we give ourselves the space and give others space to just figure stuff out for ourselves, like we can, we can come up with the right solution. But I think we're so in a hurry to get the answer and like get the right answer that we're not investing the time and space necessary to get the answer. You know, that's, so just take the, brilliant. take time, take time with yourself and be patient. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm really happy to have met you. Thank you. I'm happy to have yeah. met you too. Definitely. I'm so happy to have met you. There's a lot of alignment with what you're talking about and how I also have approached life for the last 10 years and what I've learned mm-hmm. in responding, not reacting and taking space. And it's really, I'm glad it resonated. Yeah. I'm glad it resonated. I think the coolest thing too, is understanding like for all of us that are going through anything, have gone through anything, those people listening, you're not alone. And I think for so many of us, we have felt alone and coming for me, anyhow, in my journey, I've met some of the coolest people coming out of my own trauma and like really sitting and having conversations with people and saying, Oh my God, you went through something very similar, different, similar. Yeah. So cool. It's so yeah. cool. So thank you for being here and sharing your journey with all of us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you? Where can they get your book? You can get my book. It's available everywhere. You can go to vasavikumar.com forward slash order the book. Um, but it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, um, Books a Million, all the places. And then you can find me on Instagram. And my handle is my name is Vasavi. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm grateful to have you here. I believe in you, I believe in us, and always will. Life can get hard, but I promise you, on the other side, it's glorious. I'd love to invite you over to sarahsholtenkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to thriver. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.